Let's pray and we'll, we'll jump right in. Lord, we love you. We do thank you for the changing of the seasons. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our world. We thank you that you've given us the privilege of living in this part of it and the beautiful days that are to come here in July and August, September. We, we thank you, God, for the, even the length of days and to see more sunshine and enjoy each other. It's a real gift. And so we're here because we want to grow. We want to know what it is to follow you, Jesus, and we need help. So Holy Spirit, bring alive the words that are written for our good so that we can not just hear them, but live them out in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Turn in your Bible, if you would, uh, to Acts 8. We're in kind of a series series called Summer 2019. We were trying to think, what would we call this random thing? <laughs> Summer 2019. Because for the next eight uh, weeks or so, maybe 10 weeks, we're going to hear from lots of voices. Normally, go through a book of the Bible. We just finished Daniel. Before that, we did First Timothy. Ah, if you need a Bible, just slip up a hand and we'll get one to you. And um, go to Acts chapter 8. And over the summer, we just want to hear from lots of people, some in our church, some outside. Next Sunday, uh, Josh Binstead, who uh, leads a church called Rehope in Northern Ireland, Belfast, uh, will be here. He'll be preaching. And you'll want to come just for the accent. It'll be way better. He'll just say Jesus, and everyone's like, wow, you know. So uh, come for that. And then every week, we want to hear from a different voice. And I've just asked everyone, pray, listen to the Holy Spirit, and bring us something that God is teaching you. So this is our new teaching series for the summer. Uh, a, a reminder, because we're all in the coming and going of summer, we have a new rhythm, right? It starts on July, the first Sunday of July. We usually do first Sunday, first Sunday of the month, 10 a.m. Now every single weekend in July and in August through Labor Day will be one gathering at 10 a.m. So mark that down. Sign up for our e-weekly. You do it on our website once. We'll send you a reminder every Thursday. But please, every Sunday in July and August, one gathering so that everyone can get to know each other. And we'll still do food on the first Sunday of the month. And then just this is an added thing, which has nothing to do with Acts 8, but I thought it would be helpful, uh, especially for those of you parents with little ones. We've been listening to you and trying to make thing, uh, things a great experience. Any mom or dad who comes to church to be with God's people when they have a little one and actually make it deserves at least 20 bucks. Um, that is a huge feat, at least 20 bucks. Uh, and, and so we do have seating in the back, primarily over here in the back for those who have little ones so they can go in and out and take care of all diaper changes and all that. But we are going to add, on first Sunday in July, moving forward, new seating as well. So if you have a little one, or if you bring some friends and they have a little one, if you can sit in the back, and if they start crying during the gathering, we've got seating, some comfy seating that looks towards the screen so you can still see and hear everything while they're feeding or just need a break. If you're six months old, you don't want to listen to Jose. I know, I'm not offended. But if you're six months old, you may be like, I want to play. And so we want to make it available for you parents. So there will be that. You'll see it in the lobby on that first Sunday. And we just want to serve you moms and dads who are raising little ones. And I think it's the greatest thing. I'm a baby hog. I go out there and hug them all. But that would be weird. So I, so I, I don't. Okay. All right. Enough about that. Enough about the summer. Let's look at Acts 8. And we'll start in verse uh, 1. It says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And godly men buried Stephen and mourned 
deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And those who had been scattered preached, proclaimed, messaged, shared, vocalized the word, that's the word of the good news of Jesus, wherever they went. Here we are in the book of Acts, and I know we're just dropping in. I have a thought for you this morning. Uh, We're just dropping in to this text. In Acts, which we looked at as a church, they're all online, those messages, if you're interested. Uh, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come and continue the work that he'd been doing. And he says, hey, to his early followers, don't go anywhere. When I go to return to my Father, I'm going to send the Spirit, and the Spirit is going to give you power to share the word, to be witnesses of what I'm doing in the world. And here's where you're going to go, Jerusalem, where they were, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And so the Holy Spirit is going to come and do this through you. And so that hasn't happened yet in this story. It's really stayed in Jerusalem and in Judea. And what we get in this little encounter here is how God pushes the message, pushes his news beyond. And it's not what you think. You know, we looked in Daniel, when the world is out of control, God is still in control. Daniel's circumstances are messed up, but you read the whole story and you realize God's working. And the same could be said for you and I. God is always working whether your circumstances are good or horrible. Someone's like, God, where are you? I'm like, I'm right here, even though times are tough. And so what you're going to see and what we're going to see this morning is that even in a difficult time, where Stephen is the first person killed for the faith. He stands up and says, this is the good news. And they close their ears, stop talking about Jesus, and they stone him until he is dead. And the church is mourning the loss of their brother who stood up for Jesus Christ. And then we see Saul, who's there, rising up. Now, he goes from house to house and place to place, and he's taking these Jesus lovers and saying, you're wrong, and we're going to show you the right way. And he's dragging them off into prison. And in verse 4, those who scattered preached wherever they went. Wherever God's people go, wherever you go, wherever I go, this is the reminder this morning that I just want to drill home. God's word goes with you. Wherever you are, God, what God is doing in the world, what God wants to do in people's lives, it, it goes with you. And so we want to be Jesus, good news, people wherever we go. We're in the beginning of a new season, right, where we're, we're traveling more. You're going and hiking more than ever before. Not me, but you are. Um, and you're hiking, you're going on vacations, maybe you planned a little holiday or a staycation where you're going to take time off and you know, do the yard or sit and watch it. You know, whatever, whatever is your summer is going to be, you and I, we need to be reminded in the beginning of the season. This is a season of persecution for the church and the word spreads, but this might not be a season, maybe a season of blessing for you and rest and refreshment. But I want to remind you, this is not the time to take off from letting people know how much Jesus loves them. This is the best time. Why? We get to see people. Most of the year, it's garage to garage to head down into a building. But this is the time of year where people smile. It's the time of year where people are outside. It's the time of year where people are willing to hang out. And this is the time for us to work. Uh, just works out that from today, we're seven weeks out 
to Good News Today, this big outreach we're doing over at Hillsborough Stadium, our second year. And we're seven weeks away, so I'm here to remind you the time to love people, the time to spend time with people, the time to invest in people and invite people is right now. Well, that's the easy part. Say, thanks, Jose, for the reminder. You want me to do something that I'm really scared to death to do. I don't, I don't know about spending time with people that I don't know well or don't follow Jesus. I don't know about bringing up Jesus in a conversation. Jose, I've known them for 15 years. It would just be weird if I brought Jesus up. Now I'm here to remind you. Verse 4, those who had been scattered shared the good news, preached the word, vocalized the faith, lifted up Jesus, whatever you want to say, wherever they went. So when we're given this reminder, the reminder comes with a promise. Five things I want us to write down and remember, pray through, think through this week as you consider what it means to take this good news of Jesus that's being lived out in your life wherever you go. The first thing, write it down. The Holy Spirit will use us in everyday moments. The Holy Spirit is mostly about everyday little moments. Remember, Jesus gave the promise, when you receive the Spirit, wherever you go, you're going to be able, empowered, emboldened, wise enough how to listen and how to speak the Word of God. And so we need to remind ourselves the Holy Spirit is here and now. So when's the best time to talk about Jesus? I would suggest now. Not not. 10 years from now, now you, you're probably planning a neighborhood barbecue or a little vacation, a business trip, uh, hanging out with friends. All of those could be real opportunities to bring Jesus into the discussion. Look at what happened uh, to one example. Just one example, one person, Philip, in Acts 8, look down to verse 5. It says, Philip, this is because of the persecution, went down to a city in Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah. So Philip goes and Starts talking about Jesus. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. Wow, that's amazing. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. That's even, that's like doubly amazing. So there was great joy in that city. What we get right after the persecution is the opportunity. And so... So no matter what season you're in, a season filled with joy, that's a great time to talk about Jesus. A season filled with confusion, that's a great time to talk about Jesus. A season of persecution, that's a great time. There is no bad time to bring Jesus up. Because even when I'm going through a tough time, I can be honest about that and say, I'm not running to myself. I'm actually running to Jesus to figure out what this means. And guess what? I haven't figured it out yet. But I've, if I'm going to go to anyone, I'm going to go to the one who has some answers and what about you? So Philip is not from Samaria. And this is, we just don't get this because we live in our own little suburban bubbles. But Philip is a real foreigner. He's a Jew and good Jews avoid this area. Most of you who read the Bible know the story because of ethnic conflict. They didn't see each other as faithful to God. So they avoided each other. But, but because of the persecution, Philip has to leave. And he ends up in a place he doesn't want to be. But guess what? The Holy Spirit works in everyday moments. So Philip, hear me, did not plan to see the miraculous happen through him. He didn't plan this. He didn't want to be there. He was happy in Jerusalem. 
But God had something in store. So all, all Philip does was he brings Jesus up in the conversation. And this is the beautiful part. Philip does not heal them. Jesus does. Philip does not have the power in his own strength to remove demonic power, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, God's presence is there to change things. And so I think Philip's as shocked as anybody else. God, for one, God's at work with these people that I don't even like. Could it be that the very people that you don't like at work or like to avoid in your neighborhood are the very people that God loves? He's chasing after, and guess what? He wants to do something beautiful in their world, and he's just wondering if any of his kids, like you and I, will be bold enough, daring enough, to simply bring up Jesus, who happens to be the Messiah or the Savior of the world. So the Holy Spirit is the one who's coming in power. So what can you and I do? What we could do is we could ask now, Holy Spirit of God, Look, you know how weak I am. You know how timid I am. You know how powerless I feel. Holy Spirit of God, I'm inviting you in my everyday moment to show up in people's lives. Just show up. Now, it may be a healing. It may be a demonic uh, release there. We don't know. And you know what? We shouldn't be afraid of those things. We shouldn't be scared thinking, I don't know if God, God does this kind of thing. And I think he loves to use the least likely people. So it may be as simple as bringing up, hey, what's going on in your world and listening in. And then if there's something, ooh, that sounds like a, a good moment, saying the very daring thing like, hey, wow, that sounds like you're going through a lot. Would it be all right if I prayed for you? I think everyone's okay with someone being spiritual, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's kind of cool. Hey, would it be all right if I prayed for you? And if you want to get double bold, hey, would it be all right if I prayed for you right now? And if they say no, then respectfully say, okay, well, look, in the mornings I get up and I pray. And just, you just need to know I'm, I'm praying for you. But they may say yes. And the Holy Spirit may surprise you with God's presence really changing things. And this is where we have to change the mindset because sometimes we're like, yeah, but nothing's really going to happen. Well, if you believe nothing's going to happen, of course nothing's going to happen. This is why we're inviting the Holy Spirit now while we're together because it's easy and safe. Holy Spirit of God, I want to be useful. So the Holy Spirit's going to use this in everyday moments. Don't be surprised when God does what he does. The second thing I want you to write down is the Holy Spirit will bring. This is what he's going to do. The Holy Spirit will bring joy to our city. We've got to think bigger than even just one person because what happens here is I think Philip just starts with a few people who are probably Jewish and he probably talks about the Bible and this promise of God's rescue coming, the Messiah coming. And I think out of that, God does a few things in a few lives and it grows and it grows and it grows. But what you get is a, a, a brief synopsis of a lot of stuff happening. Over a period of time, we don't know exactly how long that Philip is there, God is working in many people's lives. And you know what? I think what we can do is we can trust that God wants to do something bigger in our city than we think. I think we get so focused on our world, our life, you know, our bank account, our retirement, our vacation, our stuff, that we can lose sight if we're not careful as Jesus followers on the very big thing God's doing in our city. 
And you know what? He loves everyone here. Everyone. And he wants to bless and bring wholeness to everyone. He's not willing that any would perish. He's not looking down saying, and eh, who cares about them? No, Jesus came to seek and save those people who are lost and far from him. And so here's what the Holy Spirit will produce. The Holy Spirit will produce what no political campaign can do. Genuine joy in the city. What would happen if there were another 10,000 people who are following Jesus in this area right now? What would happen? The, 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 the community has to change because you have 10,000 people in our little zone right over here who now have experienced life with God, who've experienced the real genuine freedom and forgiveness from guilt and shame, who are beginning to understand why they're here and why they were made and who begin to like live out God's way of living, that is absolutely radical. And what does happen, and you know, if you gotta be around for a while or around people who've been around for a while, just talk to Luis Palau if you got any free time. And you'll realize when Luis Palau started preaching in Latin America uh, in his early 20s and whatnot, it was really hard, real persecution, really being mocked in the streets, really like being kicked out of town, really being dangerous, so few Bible-believing Christians. And over the course of his lifetime, now he's gone back to these same cities and is seeing massive crowds and massive joy and churches spreading all over the place and movements happening and and cities, communities, areas are being transformed, not by people, not even by local churches, not by personalities, by the Holy Spirit. And we have to remind ourselves, friends, that the Holy Spirit is wanting to save. So we're, we're doing good news today, not to fill space, hear me, not to spend money, not, not just to throw a party, because we believe that as we pray and work and invite and love and care and, and do our, our little part, which is partner with the Holy Spirit in what the Holy Spirit is doing in people's lives and watch him work in everyday moments. We're praying that God will actually change things. And for some of us, this is like, this is a radical step we're not even ready to take yet. But this is where I feel like in Jesus' name, we need to push the envelope to say, look, if we can't see that God wants to transform the city of Portland and the metro area, and if we don't believe that, then shame on us because he came to save the world. And he is doing it, and we want to see him do it in greater ways. So I'm not suggesting, hear me, um, I'm not suggesting by doing this event we're ushering in a move of God, okay? Like, that would be, like, arrogant and presumptuous. But what I am saying, you get a bunch of churches praying about the same thing, not just praying, but asking God, how can you use me? Going out there, starting to talk, starting to invite, starting to think about conversations, starting to find hooks to, to bring people along. You get hundreds or even thousands of believers doing the same thing, which is at the very heart of God. And let me tell you, he will bring joy to our lives and he can change things. And I'm dumb and simplistic enough to believe it. And I hope you would be that dumb and simplistic enough to believe that if we actually vocalize the gospel and believe it, that God will change people. And three and a half people said, amen. amen. Some of you, I'm a little concerned. A little, a little, a little you're like, Jose, it's too early. I'm not ready for this. All right, now it's, it's not our job though. It's not our job 
to plan our steps. It's not our job to plan out everything. It's our job to take one step forward. Say, well, when am I going to have this conversation? When am I going to have this opportunity? And how's it going to happen? That's not your job to worry about. Put one foot in front of the other and say, Holy Spirit, I'm available. And what you're going to find is God's going to open the door. Jump down to verse 30. You say, well, uh, what do you mean by that? Jump down. um, I'm sorry. Don't jump down to verse 30. Jump down to verse 26, if you would. Verse 26. Now, it says, this is just an example. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, this is after all the miraculous stuff was happening. Go to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So, So Philip is doing what God called him to do in Samaria. And now the spirit, an angel of the Lord says something different. Verse 27. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. So he's a pretty important person. Now here's what we know. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he was already seeking. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, and the spirit. So an angel tells him to go. Holy Spirit says to Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Third thing I want you to write down. We want to be open to the Holy Spirit working in every, every, every day life. We, we know that the Holy Spirit's going to bring joy in the city. Third thing, the Holy Spirit will open doors for conversation. This isn't something I'm going to do. This is something the Holy Spirit's going to do. Verse 26, an angel or messenger of the Lord said to Philip, So Philip didn't find the open door. He was told about it. Verse 29, the Spirit told Philip. So God's doing the one, God's the one who's doing the setup. This is so encouraging. So it's not like I have to orchestrate every day. Okay, where's my Jesus moment? Well, just go about your life with an open view. God, I want to be useful. Help me to see the open door. By the way, there are open doors every day, everywhere. I just don't see them all the time. Now, if I'm fumbling along in sin and rebellion, of course I'm not going to see him. Who's going to want invite anyone to follow Jesus when I'm not, right? But when I'm walking in the light and I'm trying to follow him, all I need to do is, is listen and take the next step. And, and it's just interesting. Philip is in the middle of a citywide renewal. The city's filled with joy. People are being touched. And it's just so interesting. God says, okay, that's great. Leave in the middle of it. It's one thing if it ran out. In the middle, God says, no, I want you to go, just go down this road. Here's an interesting tidbit. God did not tell Philip, go to a chariot. He just said, walk down the road. He didn't tell him, go to this Ethiopian eunuch. All he told him, walk down this road road. Can I suggest small steps of obedience now will open up big doors later. You walk down the road that you think God is leading you towards, the path, the neighborhood, the whatever, and you do what you think he's calling you to do, and then he gives you further insight when you need it. He's like, oh, here's a chariot. This is the one. And, and I, I love Philip's response. He jumps in. So verse uh, 30, look at verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Notice the intentionality here. This is, so, this is so telling. Philip, when God is clearly stirring him, he runs, the guy is in a chariot. That's like chasing a Tesla. Like He's like, okay, go, 
and he, he goes and he follows him. I'm assuming he's on foot. Maybe he's got an animal. I don't even care. The point is he's intentional. When God opens the door, he moves towards the open door. And, and God is just looking for that kind of simple, simple, basic obedience from us. Some of us have like played mind games with ourselves to say, I'm not that useful because I'm not a good communicator and I don't know the Bible, all of it, and I can't answer questions and this isn't my gift. And so Jose, you seem to yap for a living. You go do it. I'll cut a check and I'm happy to us do it. Like I'll send you money and you just go do it. And I'd say, look, send money. We need to pay for this whole thing. That's fantastic. But don't disqualify yourself because you're not a quote-unquote professional Christian. Philip just seems to be an ordinary person who's full of the Spirit of God and is very useful. He's not one of the 12. He's not one of the apostles. He's one of us. And so God can use anyone. And so all he does is he finds the point of obedience and takes the next step. And, and, and can we just ask God, and can we trust, do you know that God can orchestrate where someone is to intersect your path. You ever have those moments in life? You're like, wow, how did we bump into each other? Or how did we bump into each other again? And in, in, in Portland, we just get cool about it. It's like, ooh, man, it's like, you know, like, yeah, like fate or whatever. You know, I think, oh, wow, what a coincidence. That, uh, wow, isn't that, isn't that just cool? Could it be, now maybe it's not, but could it be it's God saying, hello, I'm bringing them up again. And don't feel bad about the opportunities missed. Who cares about those that's the past? Let's think about what the future holds for all of us. And what would it look like for us to have, I'm just saying, a mindset where we run to the opportunity that God opens up. All right, fourth thing, write it down. The Holy Spirit will help us, and this is the best one for most of us, will help us to listen and speak. Now both, listen and speak. Speak, because God's already at work here. The, 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 the Ethiopian has already been to Jerusalem. He's on his way home. He's already a worshiper. He's already honest. He's already seeking. He's already reading Isaiah on his way home. Anyone can read the Bible on the way to church saying, I better read something just in case. The eunuch seems to be reading it back on the way back home, like stirred. Maybe he came to one of the festivals. Maybe he came to worship. Look at verse 30. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. In their culture, they read often out loud. So he, he gets by the, by the Tesla or whatever, and he, he's going along. Because it's battery-operated, there's no noise. And he's going along, and, and suddenly he hears him reading out loud Isaiah the prophet. Hey! That's a great spot. Do you know what you're reading? Well, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up with, and sit with him. Now I'm assuming they're in motion. They're probably not. He's probably resting. Who cares? The point is he's close enough to listen, and he knows when to speak. And I think that's the beautiful part, is the Holy Spirit will help you to be a listener. And if you're like me, I'm more of a talker. Listening is a lost art that I'm trying to reacquaint myself with. I have to bite my tongue to let you finish your sentence because I have three things that could fix the four things that you talked about. Like, you know, I got steps for everything. And I'm just like, oh, I want to I say this, I want to say this. I have to 
fight the urge, and some of us are in reverse. We like love to listen, just like, I'm not going to say anything. Wherever you are in the spectrum, the Holy Spirit knows you, loves you, can enable you and empower you when to listen and when to speak. So Philip just starts where the guy is. And now everyone, this is a, this is a deep thought for Sunday, everyone is somewhere. Ooh, <laughs> ponder, reflect. Everyone is somewhere in relationship to Jesus. They don't know him. And more and more don't even know who he is and what he did. They know Jesus, and they know, if you want to, you know, Jesus H. Christ is his full name, if you're going to do, you know, if you're going to curse. So where they get the H from, I don't know. But, but Jesus, Jesus Christ, what did he do? What did he say? What was his teaching? What was his heart? Many don't know. We think they know. Or they know some, but they know more about religious hypocrisy than Jesus, right? So maybe they're not like this guy here who seems to be really open. He's reading the prophet, trying to understand. Maybe your friend's more skeptical. Maybe they're a little more secularized. Maybe they're a little more whatever. What they're not is more powerful than the Holy Spirit. We tell ourselves that people are more powerful than God. And they're just not. There is no one more powerful than God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. None. And so God in his love can crack through anything. When we listen, when we speak, God's at work. Verse 34, just jump down. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet? After he read this passage in Isaiah, who is the prophet talking about? himself or somebody else. And Philip began with that very passage of scripture and then he told him the good news about Jesus. So it started small, it started slow. They're talking about this text. So you're talking about a book, you're talking about a blog, you're talking about something, you're talking about a problem, you're talking about whatever. And then he finds the hook and he's like, well, I want to know more. And then, and then Philip just jumps in and he, he says, okay, let me give you the full news about Jesus. And that's that's what we can do. We can, we can listen and we can speak. Finally, number five, write this down. The Holy Spirit, and this is, this is so encouraging. The Holy Spirit will draw people to follow Jesus. This is huge. This is absolutely massive. You and I don't save anyone. We don't have that power. So get off the guilt trip. You know, whether it's to 10,000 people or one, Whenever I'm talking to anyone about Jesus, I absolutely feel no guilt or embarrassment if they're not open, if they're not interested, if they're not responsive. Now, I'm saddened, to be honest, if someone's not responsive, but I walk away and I go to bed and I sleep just fine because I don't rescue anyone. It's the Holy Spirit that does the drawing. So this is interesting. The Holy Spirit lets us know what God has done. The Holy Spirit fills us and gives us something to say. The Holy Spirit can tell us when to shut up. The Holy Spirit can tell us when to speak. The Holy Spirit tells us what to say. And the Holy Spirit's working on them as the Holy Spirit's working on us. And none of it can be seen with our physical eyes, which is so discouraging. I just wish I could see what's going on. But that's the encouragement. As I am speaking, even if it sounds cheesy or simplistic, you just speak what you know of Jesus and the Holy Spirit very well could be convicting them even when it doesn't seem like it. So Jesus saves. 
And it's the spirit that draws. And look at verse 36. We see it here. So as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Like, I'm, I'm ready. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. See, this is why the Holy Spirit brings joy to the city by bringing joy to people's lives. The Holy Spirit is changing people. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So the Ethiopian believes the good news and he's baptized. He takes a step. And, and we're getting the shortened story. We don't get the full conversation. But Luke, the writer, gives us enough to realize Philip is gone. Now, he wasn't poofed off. Like, you know, I don't think he magically got zapped to Azotus, like, beam me up, Jesus. I, I think that it's just a quick way of saying they had their season and then there was a fork in the road and, and the eunuch is going one way and, and he could have went with them and said, hey, why don't you, you know, bring me to the queen. If I'm him, I'm like, take me all the way. And me and you, let's just, you're a leader. Let's tell everyone. But no, no, I got something else for you, Philip. And then Philip finds some more ordinary moments and he travels to another town. Why? He can't go back home. Why? There's persecution. So in a moment of potential depression, because Philip doesn't have what he wants. He probably wants to go back home, and because of circumstances, he can't. And isn't that a word for us? Sometimes you want to go somewhere, you wish you could, I'm dying to, I'm planning to, I'm saving to, I'm trying to, and what you're not realizing is God saying, no, I've got people in your path that I want you to connect with, and you're dying to get over here, and I'm saying go there. And that seems to be Philip's experience, and it's not a one-off. That's the beauty. As we get at the tail end, this seems to be a lifestyle for Philip who happens to be an evangelist, and, and that's kind of the mode of those who just love this dimension of the Christian walk. All right, so we've seen five things that we can be reminded of all having to do with the Holy Spirit. None of those were pressured on you, were they? Because the Holy Spirit's doing all this. But I do have a response. What should we be doing? And then if you look at that narrative, you just look at how Philip responds. So here's what we're going to do. I have a real response for you, not just an ethereal one. I'm going to ask you to do something. Some friends are going to come by and give you a very lovely card. This card, friends, Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, is lovely. And so they're going to get up now, and they're going to pass them out real quick. And when it goes down the row, just grab one. And this is a simple tool. Now, I'll admit I'm, I'm electronic, so I don't like paper. But um, I didn't want to push an app to you, you know. So here you go. It's real simple. It's a reminder. It's put this size, because theoretically this is the size of your Bible. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't or whatever novel you're reading this book. This is your new bookmark. Don't you love it? Oh, you're so kind. Yeah. So what I'm going to ask you to do is the front side is just a reminder about what's happening. Good news today, happening August 11th. And I'm not here to push an event. We're doing the event anyway. But can I just suggest to you that God orchestrates certain things clearly for a reason. And if this is your community, this is part of what God's calling all of us to do. And on the back side 
it gets down to people. So there's just some empty spots. Write down the names of five people who need Jesus. Now, they may, may, may be going to church, put their name on there. Doesn't mean they're following him. They may be slipping back. They may be discouraged. They may be confused. Um, pray for them and look for opportunities. Just be like Philip, like to share, to be present, to listen and to speak. And, and, and just write down their names and put it in your Bible. And whenever you have your time with God uh, or wherever you put this, put it in your mirror, um, in your bathroom. When you're getting ready in the morning, you're brushing your teeth, pray for them. Put it on your fridge. And when you go to grab calories, pray for them. Wh wherever is helpful for you, tools are helpful. I'm asking that you and I would all pray, Holy Spirit, work in their life. Holy Spirit, do what I can't do. Holy Spirit, I'm available. And if you want to use me like I'm available, you can use me. But frankly, I just want to see your hand in their life. And here's the cool part. Your praying may activate somebody else. Your prayers could activate someone else to do the speaking, the listening, the whatever. You're not only the only tool that God's going to use. You're just one of them. And so I'm giving this to you now because in the next couple of weeks, you're going to start to see good news today everywhere. We're saving it to right beforehand. Chick-fil-A is going to be handing them out for some weeks leading up to it. So as you go and buy Jesus chicken, you can get it in your, on your tray or in your, your bag. Now at more locations. Uh, uh, thanks to Dean and Chris who are opening up another one that's about to open up, I think, uh, this week. This week. So pray, pray for them. It's a unique Jesus open door for them to love people. You're going to start seeing it in, on FaceTime, Instagram. You're going to, if you're on Spotify, it's going to annoy you because we're going to pump it all over your... You're going to see it on the billboard, the one right here on um, 185th going in towards uh, downtown. You're going to see it there for a month. So we're spreading the word. Next week, you're going to get smaller cards that don't say pray for your friend that are invites to start inviting your friends. Here's the deal. I'm asking you and I to pray and partner with what the Holy Spirit's doing. You have a part to play. And that could be inviting one person. If you're going to Moms in the Park, grab a stack with you and you're at the park and the kids are playing and you're with a bunch of people. As you, have, you find other moms or dads, you're playing with kids. Hey, look, there's going to be a, a concert here in a couple of weeks. And I'm going, our family's going, it's open to everyone. We'd love it if you came. Give a card away. You never, you never know what God may do. So I'm asking you to be involved. Um, financially, we're going to do it. We rarely do it here. We don't do it enough, but we're going to do a special offering for Good News today on August the 4th. You'll get that in the weekly as an update uh, so that you and I, wherever your treasure is, your heart already is. So we're going to invite you to give above and beyond what you're already doing to help, to help make this outreach a reality. Why? Because when I release resources by faith saying, God, do something. My heart is there. It's not about the money. It's about my heart. And so if you're out of town, we'll, we'll, we'll send you the link as well. You could give online. All right, two questions to drive it. Who are you praying for? You got that card, right? Who are you praying for? And what's the next step? What's, what's God, the Holy Spirit, stirring you to do next? And, and frankly, it may simply be that the Holy Spirit is saying, we need a little time together so you can actually hear me. 
Because if, if I don't have any margin in my world to even listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, I, I'm not I'm like, well, he's not talking to me. No, I, it could be that I'm just, I'm not quiet enough to, to listen. So maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the place to start. No matter what it is, I know the Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit is now. The Holy Spirit is for us. And the Holy Spirit, if you're a Jesus follower, is already living in you. And if you're not, you can be. And if you, with your mouth, confess Jesus is who he says he is. He's the Lord of all. And repent, turn from your sin and say, Jesus, I am so sorry for living apart from you. But by your mercy, I ask you to forgive me and change me and make me new. Then this morning, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit so you can know God's ways and live out God's design. This is God's heart for you. All right, stand to your feet if you would. And we're going to respond. How do we respond? If you're not yet following Jesus and you want to this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We have a prayer room. It's just off to the right. You go out that door. It says exit across the hall. There's some couches and chairs in our office and some friends are going to be there just walk in and say, you know what, I want to follow this Jesus. If you need prayer for anything, you're going through it. And you say, man, I need someone to agree with me. You can go to that same room just say, hey, this is what's going on. Will you pray for me? For the rest of us, let's worship. Let's respond by saying to God what's true about him. And then in a bit, uh, Brennan's going to lead us to the table. We're going to remember Jesus' loving sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection for our good.